Mark 10, starting at verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Philip, let me pray for you. Lord, what a blessing it is to have the Glossons with us, um, to be able to sit under Billy's gifting again. Um, many of you know that, but we're thankful most of all for his heart, his just genuine um, love for, for your son, and genuine love for your people and, and people who don't know you. And God, as, as he speaks here and as we hear um, words of Jesus, um, would you be at work in our hearts? Would you give us soft hearts? Would you give us open hearts? Um, hearts that, that want to hear your word and really hear it, want to submit to it, want to obey it, want to embrace it. Um, just use your serpent Billy here, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys can be seated. Um, it's exciting to be here, to say the least. So it has been, I can't believe this, three years since I was last here. Um, a couple things have happened. Uh, so we were planning to come back in 2019. Um, my wife and I were foster parents, and so we weren't allowed to leave the state at the time. And then we're like, ah, oh, no big deal. We'll just go to 2020. <clears throat> that had happened uh, for reasons um, known to every person on the planet. And so we, yeah, didn't get to come. A couple things uh, since then, though, just for you guys to know. We launched the church uh, on March 2020. Let's just all drink that in for a little bit. Um, so if you're like, hey, should we pray for Billy? Yeah, please. For the love of, please, please pray for us. Um, yeah, it was insane. It was crazy. We didn't know what to do, but God was kind. We named the church Coram Deo, which Coram Deo is a Latin phrase that means before the face of God or in the presence of God. And we named the church that intentionally because we're in a rural city in the south. And so we wanted people to say, what does that mean? Because that affords us the opportunity to tell them that we want to live in God's presence before his, his face. It's not just that, hey, Sundays are for Jesus, the rest of the week is for me. But rather, every single thing that I do, the whole of who I am, is live before his face. And God in his kindness has grown our body. We've been able to continue to plug into our city, to love people well. We've partnered with Pregnancy Care Center and the local elementary school. We've been able to continue to plug away despite, again, a global pandemic and all of the hardships that we all face. God has been so kind to grow us. And so we're excited to come to be with you guys to celebrate. A couple other things happened. Um, Samuel exists now, so that's pretty wild. Uh, some of you guys know our struggle with that. We didn't expect uh, God and his kindness to, to give us a, a child, but he did. And we love our little baby boy, and he is sweet and loud. So you may hear him jump in the sermon. 
All right, well, let's dive in. Um, as I look through Mark 10, one of the things that came to mind is I uh, remember the first time I flew out of New York City. So, again, I grew up in a small town in the South. I didn't fly a whole lot. I came out here to Missouri to go to college, and I'll never forget the first time I'm flying to New York City. I, I, I don't really know what's going on, and I get to New York, everything's good, we're all fine, we have a great week. We come back again. I've, I've already done this once, I'm good to go. I get to the airport, the person that was supposed to get me to LaGuardia in New York City got me there super duper late. And when I say super late, I'm talking 45 minutes before my flight takes off. So you drop little Billy in this airport, and I'm like lost and confused. I go up, and this is back before, you know, we all had boarding passes on our smartphones. And so I've got to go get that thing. And I see this huge line of no joke about 100 people, and I'm like, well, I'm about to make a whole lot of enemies. And I cut all of them off go directly to the counter, and I don't know if it was because I still hadn't lost my southern accent at the time, or if she just saw me look panic-stricken, but she took pity on me, she gave me my boarding pass, and I said, am I going to make my flight? She said, sweetie, I'm going to be honest with you, probably not. <laughs> um, I was like, you don't think so? She's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this boarding pass. You're going to go through TSA faster than you've ever gone. Go ahead and take your shoes off, because as soon as you get through TSA, you're going to run to your gate. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, cool, cool. Um, how close is my gate? It is not close. <laughs> so I am running full speed through this airport, like terrified. I did not want to become Kevin McAllister and get lost in New York. I was like, please, anything. And I get there, and no joke, they're pulling the stanchion closed to close the door, and I didn't know what to do. So in a moment of desperation, I just see this person, and I go, no, wait! <laughs> Have you ever been desperate? Uh, have you ever been desperate enough to make a scene? Because that's what we see today. There's a desperate man who's willing to make a scene. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and we get this really unique interaction between Jesus and this blind man. And Jesus heals him. And it's unique, not because the healing itself is so different than what we see throughout the Gospels, but it's unique because of the man he heals. Bartimaeus, this blind beggar, has a lot to teach us about both being desperate and receiving mercy. And today, what we're going to see is this. As we have been shown mercy, right, we should extend mercy to others. When Jesus Christ opens the eyes of our hearts to see him, and in all of his glory, man, we are moved to serve him out of gratefulness for the salvation he's given us. And my prayer is that your eyes, my eyes, would be fixed on Jesus. But can I, can I just confess something to you guys? You guys, are, you guys are my home church. Not all of you know me, but that's okay. Now, I'm really tired. Um, church planning is hard. Church planning in a, global, in a global pandemic is like nightmarishly hard. And I know so many people are tired. So over the last few days, just catching up with people, just being like, hey, how have you been going? You know, like, it's like the worst question to ask in the shadow of COVID. It's like, oh, I'm horrible, actually. Uh, you know, everything's terrible. Um, I'm constantly afraid. Uh, my children are crazy. Like, I don't know who or what anything is. We're tired. Right? And I'm worn down. And 
And I know many of you guys are so worn down as well. And let me just say this. There is living water here for us. There is. So let's go to the well. Now Jesus, again, he's heading to Jerusalem, and he passes through Jericho. Before you think, yeah, I remember that from kids' church back in the day. No, this isn't the Old Testament town that Joshua marched around. This is a different city that's 18 miles north of Jerusalem. And beggars would choose this as a strategic place to hopefully get some folks to feel, maybe a little pity, feel a little bit generous on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem and to the temple. And so Jesus goes along, and as he does, we're introduced to a new character, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Now here's what's interesting. This is the only time in the entire Gospel of Mark that the person being healed is named. Why is that? Well, church tradition holds that Bartimaeus became a leader in the church of Jerusalem. In fact, Mark, he's writing his gospel to a Roman audience. They likely know who Bartimaeus is. And so Peter, he's the one who gives an account, right, of his story to Mark and records it. And you've got to wonder if they're having this conversation. And Peter's like, and that's when we met Bartimaeus. And Mark's like, wait a minute, Bart, like crazy me? I know crazy B. You know crazy B? Oh, man, he's the best. And here's what this tells us. Now, we are impacted by the stories of those that we know, right? Just as a side, right? When you share your story, like when you tell somebody, hey, here's what Jesus has done for me. Here's how he's made an impact in my life. Y'all, that's powerful. It is. So, so let's listen to the powerful testimony of how Bartimaeus met Jesus. Look at verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then he rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus had lived an impossibly difficult life. There's no means to help people with the disability that Bartimaeus has. For he is fully and completely dependent on the compassion of others. And I think it's helpful to think of this event from his perspective. I mean, he shows up in his ratty old cloak in the cool of the morning. His hands trace the walls just like they've done hundreds of times before it. Today, where he is hoping for some compassion from strangers. Somebody might throw him some money. Soon, there's a scuffling of feet. And the sounds of voices, they're growing. Before you know it, there's this great crowd that's there. And their voices kind of blend together. There's this rumble amongst the crowd. Everyone is in this celebratory mood heading to Jerusalem. And Luke's account tells us that Bartimaeus begins to ask, hey, what's going on? Who, who is this? Why is there such a great commotion? And he gets an answer. Well, Jesus is coming. Now, again, Jesus is a pretty common name at the time, so Bartimaeus asks, well, which Jesus? And his heart begins to happen. Could it be? Is this Jesus of Nazareth? The, the one who heals the sick? The one who casts out demons. The one who causes the blind to see. Someone just says, yeah, um, Jesus of Nazareth? Bartimaeus can't believe it. He's, he's here. 
right here. But Bartimaeus can't see him. There's no way he's going to spot him in the crowd. There's no way he's going to know where he is. He can't see Jesus. So in a moment of pure faith and desperation, Bartimaeus yells, Son of David, have mercy on me. And this causes quite a scene. I mean, people are used to beggars crying out like this. This is embarrassing. This guy must have lost his mind. So the crowd tells him to cut it out. This is undignified. This is uncomfortable. It's humiliating. Stop. So they rebuke Bartimaeus. They tell him to be quiet. Be silent. What does Bartimaeus do? He yells all the louder. Son of David! Have mercy on me! Bartimaeus won't be silenced. Because in his cry is a keen theological awareness. You see, Bartimaeus has connected the dots. He has heard of this man. And he's put it together. This is the Messiah. This is the one who would come from the line of David. And this blind beggar is the only one in Mark's gospel to use this messianic title for Jesus. Though physically blind, Bartimaeus could see better spiritually than the religious leaders of his own day. And he knows that this is not a time to be quiet. This is a time for desperation. This is a time for prevailing. This is a time for holy demanding. If the son of David, if the son of David wasn't hearing his shouts, then Bartimaeus is going to shout louder. He's going to be heard. Son of David, have mercy on me. And look what happens, verse 49. And Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So Jesus again is marching, and he can't help but hear the voice screaming. And what does he do? He stops. The Greek says he stood still. One of the marks of Jesus' ministry is the time that he gives to suffering individuals, even in the midst of a crowd. Chorus. Some of you need to hear this. Jesus has time for you. In the midst of the chaos of our world, sometimes we can feel insignificant. We can feel unseen. Jesus sees you. He hears you. And he welcomes you. The cries of the poor and the powerless stop Jesus in his tracks because the kingdom of God is not for the well-meaning but the desperate. 
Jesus calls for Bartimaeus. Now, there's a bit to unpack here. Right? We see the compassion of Jesus, but Bartimaeus actually has a lot to show us. First, Bartimaeus actually he teaches us how to pray. You see, because real prayer begins with real desire, often with real desperation. Now, sometimes we, we cry to God, but He doesn't seem to respond. And we get discouraged because of our circumstances. And sometimes we get discouraged by people who are speaking into our life. We feel like, should we even continue to ask? How does God want us to respond to this? Well, He wants us to keep asking and to cry out louder. Look, there's no polite incantation that God is looking for. What God is looking for is persistent Prevailing prayer. Right? If you think of the widow's persistence in Luke 18, the nagging that irritated the unrighteous judge into action, that, friends, is precisely the quality that God is encouraging in me and in you. He's looking for those who are willing to, as Luke 18 says, cry to him day and night. He's looking for desperate Bartimaeus who will insist on being heard, who won't take a non-response for an answer. He's looking for those who will pray and not lose heart. He's looking to find faith on the earth. And here's this amazing question that Jesus asks Bartimaeus. Right? Bartimaeus finally gets in front of Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Do you know? The question is posed you. What are you desperate for? Don't be vague. Be specific. Don't be shy. Be bold. Because the Son of David is near. Follow Bartimaeus' example and do not let him pass by without giving you an answer. Now listen. The answer is not always what we may want certainly wasn't if we go just a few stories back and see the rich young ruler. Sometimes God has something totally and completely different than what we have in mind. But whatever his answer is, it will always open our eyes to mind-blowing glory. God promises in Luke 18 to give justice to his prayerfully persistent elect speedily. And we'll let him define what speedily is. But for our part, we must be determined to cry out louder, to cry night and day, to nag him incessantly in faith until he answers us. Because God loves that kind of faith. And Bartimaeus is teaching us how to pray. But listen, that prayer is born from a sound theology of self. Because Bartimaeus is keenly self-aware. Bartimaeus knows one thing. He is in need. This is his one and only moment. This is it. Like if Bartimaeus is passive, I don't want to, it's weird, I don't want to yell, I don't want people uncomfortable, but he's going to stay blind by the gate. He can't bear that thought. Because he needs Jesus. Chorus. Jesus, and we are forever lost. If you were to ask 
ask me, hey, Billy, what's the one thing you've learned over the last few years that you would share with us? It's this. I'll share with you a quote from a book called Enjoy Your Prayer Life. It's a book that pretty much anybody can read because it's so mercifully short. This is a quote from Michael Reeves. This is what he said. If God was a single, independent person, independence would be the godly thing. That would be how we like him. But because the Son always depends on the Father, dependence is the nature of Christian godliness. Being a Christian is first and foremost all about receiving, asking, and depending. It's when you don't feel needy, so when you don't pray much, that you lose your grip on reality and think or act in an unchristian manner. In fact, as you grow as a Christian, you should feel not more self-sufficient, but ever more needy. Prayer, then, is enjoying the care of a powerful father instead of being left to a frightening loneliness where everything is all down to you. Are you aware of your neediness? Are you aware of your neediness? It's on those who know their need, not those who assume their superiority, that God pours out mercy. Friends, we cannot assume that because we have a 401k, maybe we have a ton of followers on Instagram, or perhaps maybe because we read more, or we're, we're, we're well-read, we're more aware that we have something to offer God. Friends, we all come broken and needy before the son of David. Bartimaeus knew. He knew that he was broken and blind and in need. So he calls out. And Bartimaeus hears the crowd's tone change, right? Get up. Take heart. He's calling you. Kind of like when you go to a concert and you're like, yeah, I know the band. And they're like, yeah, cool, buddy. Why don't you just you know, hang out right here? Like, no, but I really, I really do know them. Like, I'm on the list. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll just see. And then the guy comes out that you know and says, hey, dude, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, hey, come on in. Come on, come on. That's what's happening with the crowd here, right? Go, like, hey, Bartimaeus, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? Why don't you just, this is embarrassing. And then Jesus says, bring him here. Like, oh, right this way. Now, here's what Bartimaeus does. He doesn't, like, call out hypocrisy. Bartimaeus hears this call and throws off his cloak and he just springs up and he runs to Jesus. Now there's a lot to say about this. This cloak had to be maybe one of his few possessions and to drop it is a big deal. But what this tells us is this, Bartimaeus has faith. He'll be able to see it and pick it back up if he needs it. When he hears the call, he doesn't stop and say, give me just a minute. Let me get all my stuff together. He drops everything and runs to the one who is all he needs. He gets to Jesus and Jesus asks him a question. And we need to sit for just a moment in Jesus' question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, if you read the Gospel of Mark, this should sound familiar. Because see, if we go to the account right before this account, Jesus asks the same question to his own disciples, James and John. And they say, we want to sit on your right and left. So what's the difference between them and Bartimaeus? James and John ask for glory. Bartimaeus, he asks for mercy. 
Bartimaeus, crying out for mercy, comes from a profound sense of clarity. Yeah, we already said this. He's self-aware. He stands before Jesus and he asks for his sight. Bartimaeus has rightly understood that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the only one who can help them. And when he responds to Jesus, the word he uses isn't just rabbi, it's Rabboni, a title meant for God. Bartimaeus is saying to Jesus, my Lord, my master, let me see. Though blind, he sees clearer, he sees clearer than Jesus' own disciples. Helen Keller, who was famously deaf and blind, was once asked how horrible it must be to be blind. Super rude question. She responded with, it's better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing. Do you have eyes that see, friend? Do you see how truly in need you are? Do you see Jesus as your Lord and Master? Jesus responds to Bartimaeus' request by saying, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, Bartimaeus recovered his sight. And catch this. And followed him on the way. Bartimaeus has his vision restored. And the first thing he beholds is the face of Jesus. And after hearing Jesus say, go your own way. It took no time for him to decide that Jesus was now his way. A couple of points that I really want to hit here for you and I to apply this. The first, may, may, may Chorus never be this crowd, right? You see, the crowd wanted Bartimaeus to be silent. If someone cries out for Jesus, let's never tell them to be quiet. But here's the thing with that, though. Broken people are often very uncomfortable. When people are needy and broken, it's always easier to do nothing. But it will never be rewarding when you do. One of the great joys we have in this life is seeing someone whose life is a total mess come to know Jesus. For them to see that, to have a vision of who Jesus is, that their whole life is transformed. Man, is that worth it. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what keeps me going. Keep that in mind, right? Let's not be that crowd. The next thing I would say is what I mentioned earlier, and that is staying persistent. You see, when we are aware of our brokenness, when we're, we're aware of our neediness, our need for Jesus, then when we cry out, we, we've got to see, guys, obstacles are going to get in the way. It could be friends. It could be family. It could just be our culture. Our crying out is not always encouraged. But when we look to Bartimaeus as an example, we should be challenged. Because he's not dissuaded. He's not discouraged by the crowd. He is persistent. Now listen, I say this as someone who doesn't always get this. Which is weird. Because I'm awesome. <laughs> at diagnosing other people. Um, you see, if someone comes to me... And they say, I, I cried out to Jesus and nothing happened. 
Um, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or maybe I've just got a little more grizzled, you know, over the time, but I'm just like, I mean, did you pray for like three minutes? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Jesus isn't a candy machine. You can't just, you know, go to God and like push a button and hope everything's fixed. Like, you can pray some more. But, if I'm honest, I often struggle to be persistent like our mass. I do. It's hard. It is. This passage it precedes the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. See, Jesus, just after this, will go to Jerusalem, and there's going to be shouts of Hosanna. And those shouting praise are shouting hollow praise because within a week, they're going to be shouting crucified. Far sweeter to Jesus is the heart's cry of one in need in the shallow hallelujahs of the crowd. Jesus loves you. And he loves specifically and uniquely. When we look at this healing of Bartimaeus, we see the compassion of Jesus. Jesus doesn't patronize Bartimaeus. He doesn't just assume his need. He doesn't just say, come up, blind guy. You can see. Like he, he greets him and meets him. And he asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus meets him where he is and he gives him dignity. He heals him. He saves him. And Bartimaeus is forever changed. And he can do the same for you. Bartimaeus' cries for mercy should teach us and remind us of our own cry for mercy. See, mercy is when we get something good instead of what is deserved. And God has shown us mercy through the Son of David, because of His death on the cross for us. You see, we have been spared the punishment that we deserve, and we have been shown forgiveness. Now remember, this is what's so significant. Bartimaeus brings nothing. He brings nothing. He shows up before the eternal King of the ages, and he has no gifts to bring. He can't boast in himself. He is a blind beggar. He comes with need. That's how we all come before God. In need. We come before God and the only thing we bring is our offenses. Jonathan Edwards famously said, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Y'all, can I just say this? If you think the solution is just getting better, pushing through, powering through. You are going to be burnt out. You must be always broken and in need. Because without Jesus, friend, you have no hope. But with him, we have life, we have joy for eternity. And I say this not to discourage you, but to tell you, man. Let's look to Bartimaeus as an example. Because he was aware of his need. And when we know this, when we are made aware of who Jesus is and what he has done, that he marched on to Calvary, that he took on our sin, then we know that we can come before him and cry for mercy. And we know he will give it to us. So today, 
Do you need to cry for this someday? Perhaps for the first time. Do you need to cry out again? My persistence is broken. Take heart. Get up. He is calling. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And we confess, God, that sometimes we try to be put together. We try to power through, have all the answers, know all the solutions. And the reality, Lord, is we are broken and in need. We need you every hour, every minute, every moment. We don't graduate from that years. Would you make us aware, Lord? Would we cry out for mercy? Would we not become so discouraged by the lies of the enemy? But would we instead hear the welcome of Jesus? Call us back to life in you. Call us back to joy in you, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.